Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we are sampling some of the beverages created by Black Forest Brewhouse, a traditional German restaurant located in Farmingdale, Long Island. Good job. You got it right. Hey, it's only taken me 33 years to figure out which one's which on Long Island. <laughs> I used to correct people. People would say Farmingville. Go, you mean Farmingdale? And they'd be like, no, I mean Farmingville. I'm like, that's not a thing. Okay. I was so sure that it wasn't. And I, then I moved farther east and sure enough. It's a thing. And grew up right next to Farmingville. And I, cannot, and I work in the Farmingdale area. And I cannot keep it straight because I'm a mental midget like that. <laughs> well, um... Unfortunately, their website is trapped in 1994, and there's really not a whole lot of information, so I can't tell you on it on uh, who the brewer is or what's going on with that kind of stuff. But I will say this: we um, we went there with our wives and other friends for Rachel and I's uh, collective birthday dinner a couple weeks ago, and their food is excellent. I really do enjoy the food there. It was a really good time. I enjoyed it. I got to spend a lot of time wandering around the place with my with my son, who wouldn't sit still. And he even was uh, having a little conversation with uh, the brewer there. I didn't catch his name at all. He's a really nice guy. He's very nice to my son. Yeah, I, I saw that your son, t- uh, that Jake took right after it, and he was like, hey, I'm going to go talk to the brewer. This sounds like a good idea. He did. <laughs> gave, gave him a high five and everything. My daughter was also scolding him for doing his job, so. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, they make all the traditional uh, German fare along with, um, you know, your classic you know, steaks and burgers and stuff like that, but all the food is really excellent, so I try to get back there once in a while. Um, and if you're looking for where they are, they're right near Adventureland. Yeah, if you're on so, Long Island you don't know Adventureland, then you're not then really you're not from, from Long Island. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's right near Adventureland, so if you look that up, and yes, that is the one that was uh, the source material for the movie. Yes, very good movie, too. I haven't seen it. It's quite good. It's pretty good. Um, well, I got three beers from them today and we got the pills their uh their classic pilsner their uh nasiji wheat and their chocolate porter now i have no idea if i said it right for the second one but i can tell you that the pilsner is a five percent abv beer and it is one of the ones that follows the german laws of reinheitsgebot yeah i was just gonna i was actually gonna ask how that's actually pronounced and i i I don't if you didn't say it right that's how it should be said now. Well, it is not. That's how I'm gonna. That's how I've always pronounced it, and that's how I'm gonna continue to do it. And you got to have the little emphasis on there. Yes, they um, they also do a triple decoction mash when they're making this beer. Okay, knowledge drop. Triple decoction. Explain. So a decoction mash is where you start off with your mass temperature at the lower end, probably around like 120. And the reason for this is, is you know, back in the day before. Uh, the raw ingredients were specifically bred for brewing for a lot for specific characteristics and whatnot. They would do probably start off with what's called a protein rest, which helps break down the proteins in the beer to help with clarity and you know mouthfeel and things like that. And that happens at that lower temperature, at that one twenty five, right? And then uh, decoction is where you then pull out a portion of that grain porridge basically that is essentially your mash bring it to a boil and then add it back into the main mash in order to raise the temperature of the entire mash up to your next step so a triple decoction means they do that three times throughout the mash process okay that's a 
that's that's intense and uh i just um, when things like that that are older techniques but are that complicated it always amazes me of like how many reps of trial and error that, you, that, that you somebody have to do figured that out that you had to do to figure that out like that's the part that always blows my mind See that blows my mind, but at the same time, like there are home brewers that do that for funsies, and I cannot grasp that whatsoever. Well, I would. What I'd be interested in doing is doing a, like a triangle test of one that was done that way versus one that wasn't. And I'm pretty sure that, that this has happened before, so we could probably look it up on Brewlosophy or one of the other ones. I would be very interested to know exactly what any differences are. Forget better or worse, but what the differences are when you do and don't do it. Yeah, but my point is, so, like, when you're doing a triple decoction like that, that's basically doubling the length of your brew day, and, like I said, I can't see how you do that for funsies. Well, I mean, if you're drinking while you're brewing and you don't have a lot of other responsibilities, I can see it. Yeah. I can't see me that, doing it. That, that's a bad idea. Also, think about this. What if, like, you're saying, like, okay, listen, I have I have to brew this, and, you know, you're basically getting the free time from the wife and say, hey... You can do that. Yeah, all right, take the time to brew it. I'm going to take as long as I need to to brew it. Like I'm going to spend a little extra time doing that. So, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I can't get to, you know, task X because I'm I'm got to do I'm, 400 decoctions. I was going to say I'm only in decoction two at this point. Yeah, we've got to do at least four more. Yeah, I. Just, You're ultra productive. You I don't, still don't, you don't get understand it. this. That's. I mean, everybody's got their own reason for the hobby, but that's certainly not mine. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at this beer, and it is. The most classic Pilsner that you can think of. It's that golden straw color, thin little head, no real uh, effervescence to speak of, but, you know, it is um, taking a sip, and it just screams classic Pilsner beer. Like, it tastes a lot like a lot of the best market ones, so if you said, hey, you know, I don't like craft beer, and you hand them this one, they're going to be happy with it. Yeah, but this actually has, like, this tastes like grain. Yes, there it, is ha- a, it has a flavor. Right, but this is what it's supposed to taste like. Like this, yes. But this is your classic Pilsner beer. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's exceptional in style, but I think it's a really good example of the style. Yeah, when it comes to simple beers, I'm usually not like pumped about it, and I like this one for the reason that Mark said. I, I didn't quite get why I liked it as much as I did, but yeah, it has that grain flavor. Like I know that this was you know a handcrafted beer. That had a specific grain bill in it, and I feel like I don't know what that grain bill is, but that I'm tasting whatever it is they put into it. Whereas when you have one of the more mass market beers, it, it just kind of like one notes and yeah, it's nothing. See, the thing that turns me off off about this one is that little bit of bitterness to it, and that admittedly, when you're eating the German food and you're have and it, which is a a heavy, which a lot of the meals are very heavy, they have that thick gravy on top of everything this beer is nice and that it cuts through it but just drinking the beer that little bit of bitter bite doesn't do a whole lot for me and it's one of those it just reminds me of the mass market beers i used to drink and you would have and you would just try to get a couple of you get a couple of them in you so that way the bitterness would go away because you were drunk enough that you didn't taste it right or there was just no difference between that and everything else right exactly I have to disagree with you, though, because I think the bitterness in this is proper. It balances out the multi-sweetness that is definitely here as well. And it, you know, just refreshes my palate so that I'm ready to take another sip. Otherwise, I think this would become cloyingly sweet. It probably would, but I think it's kind of like a uh, kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because the bitterness builds for me. But I also agree that the sweetness without it would build for me. So I just don't know um, if this particular style is uh, something that I'm going to 
I'm going to gravitate towards. That being said, of the Pilsners I've had, I, I do the tasting we had of this I enjoyed. I'm going to kick off the ratings, and I'll just say it's a, it's a pint. I could definitely see myself ordering a pint, especially if I'm eating some of the heavy food that uh, Kevin alluded to. Yeah. I'm going to second you. Um, this one's a pint for me. Um, I didn't get it today, but they make an amber there, which, again, um, and like most of their beers, it's really just an example of style. Um, and I think their amber is just a bit more flavorful. It doesn't have that little bit of bite in there that I don't like as much. And it's just if I'm – I'd rather have that one. But pint for me. It's a bummer for me. Uh, I drank two of them when we were there for the aforementioned birthday dinner, and that's the right number for me. I – you know, I quite enjoy it. It's refreshing. But uh, after two, then I'm going to want something else. All right. I mean, I think I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. And uh, we're just going to rinse out the glasses a little bit here and move on to the next one, which is the Masajis wheat, which, again, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right or not. But I believe this is just going to be a dark wheat beer. Yeah, I can't help you on that one. Well, let's find out. as I pour this out i got them in little growl um the little growlettes it's our uh, vessel our vessel of choice well i you know we've through some process of elimination we figured out that this is the uh the best size for it all right yeah it definitely is because i mean see, like especially when we record multiple episodes we're never getting through like six to nine slam that water full-size bottles yeah I, had to, yeah I had to hurry up and get beer in my glass i had to kill the kill the water most of it's on my face yeah now I'm hoping that this – now, there was a little bit of an adventure while I was getting the growlers filled is I came into the restaurant, and I asked the hostesses if they do growler fills, and their first thought was, um, you know, we do we only fill our growlers. And I was like, oh, great. I finally remembered to bring the glass, and now I'm going to have to buy glass anyway. Um, but then they backtracked a little bit and said, well, it depends on who the waitress is. I don't know the waitress's name, so I can't get the waitress uh, – the bartender's name – so I can't get her in trouble, so I don't know what it is. But she agreed to fill the glass that I had and charge me a very, very fair price because I don't think she quite understood that one that was labeled 32 fluid ounces right on the bottle of how much to charge me for. So I'm not even going to put a number to it because I don't want to get anybody else in trouble. But thank you. I appreciate it. I think I left you a very fair tip for it. Yeah, we all, we all appreciate it. <laughs> so pouring this one out, it's... um. It's a very dark beer. Um, there's some light getting through. It's not quite opaque and uh, not really too much head to speak of either. It, the, I, I'm hoping somebody can identify the aroma for me because it's weird. Weird. Okay. I, 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 I'll leave it at that. It's weird. Um, it smells like burnt sugar. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I don't I don't like the aroma. Like I guess that's the I mean, no one ever likes anything they call weird. I haven't had a sip of it yet and the aroma is not everything, but I uh, I definitely don't like it. I'm not picking up a lot of the aroma, uh, and maybe that's just I'm a little clogged. I was playing with the dogs upstairs before, um, but the taste I kind of like. It's a it's a wheat beer. Uh, it's their darker wheat beer, um, so it's got a little bit of that hefe flavor to it, but it's uh it's just got a little bit more roastiness to it. Yeah, I think I think definitely think the, that the, both the flavor and the smell for me are burnt sugar. I'm. Uh... Yeah, not, I'm you're dig- making a lot of faces over there. Yeah, you're I'm not, not digging on this. Uh, no, all, I'm not. It, this is, I, you know, it's rare. Being as fat as I am, it's sort of rare that I haven't had a particular flavor in my mouth before. Yeah, and uh, I, this is not. That's uh, what she said. <laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> phrasing. This is this is Are definitely one of those that? instances. <laughs> <laughs> you want ants? <laughs> 
That show's amazing. I can't wait till it comes back. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Last season. Um, but anyway, this is uh, one of those instances where I, I like, I just haven't ever had a flavor like like this before. I don't. Uh, I, it's, I, it's not pleasant. Mark, it's, what are you thinking about it? it it's definitely a, a unique flavor as far as beers that I've had go. Um, I don't dislike it as much as you, Justin. But I'm I'm gonna stick with a pint. I don't think I'm gonna want more than that. But it's not. I don't dislike it to say that it's only just a taster. Um, I mean, I'm drinking the sample that I poured out, and I kind of like the flavor. It's got a little bit of that. Uh, I guess that we're we're calling it burnt sugar. It's almost, but uh, you know, like if you get a creme brulee and they and they and they torch the sugar on top, there's a fine line between where they burn it and it really doesn't taste good, and there's that right level where they caramelize it. Where it gets a little bit of flavor, but it doesn't taste charred. I don't. I mean, that's one of those desserts yeah, that I, mean, I always it, go it's... after. And to you know, and to me, this one tastes in the right level of charred to me. I like it. Yeah, it's just a. I mean, it's a little too much for me. Like I said, I don't dislike it as much as Justin, but it's also definitely not something that I want to drink lots of. Nope. I get banana. Does anyone else get banana? No. Okay. I, I might be out of my completely. I didn't out of my get life. any banana in there. Um, and I think if there's any banana in there, it would clearly just have been from me, maybe not doing the greatest job cleaning the glass, but, um, I'm going to give it a pint also. Um, it was tasty, but I don't think I want to be drinking it all, all day. Um, so just a pint for me. Yeah. I think uh, everyone can see where I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm going, going taster. It's a rare occurrence. I will say that. I actually like the fact that it's a flavor that I haven't had in a beer before. Right. I always enjoy anything that's out of the ordinary, and I'm glad that it, it happens. It's just not going to happen again for me. Never again. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, you might give me a little more water than usual. <laughs> you missed the classic, and that was solid. Well, you moved it on me, so fuck you. <laughs> well, We're getting hostile, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. The um, That last one, the the dark wheat, is at a 5.5% ABV. So, again, it's not crazy. It's not going to destroy your uh, day. You can drink a couple of those. But wheat beers don't tend to be that high uh, high ABV anyway. I don't think anything that Black Forest makes is really above, say, 6%. I was going to say, they're definitely like a, for lack of a better word, like a, a family-friendly beer. Like, it's meant to have a couple of beers with dinner. It's not like, yeah. you know, we're going to go crazy and they're also going to brew a Russian Imperial Stout. No. Um, but that does bring back the idea. You know, they kind of make very style specific simple beers straightforward um and i wanted to mention that i think justin you came back to the table after parading your son around the brewery that uh he um you mentioned that the brewer was talking about maybe finally brewing something a little different that they were working on a uh an uh, american pale ale yes he was he was actually in the process of moving the pale ale to the he was uh, whirlpooling it and move right. and moving it over to their uh fermenter right. um while i was talking to him well, we were there, uh, you know, second week of March, so that makes a lot of sense to me. There we go. Ready for springtime. They'll have that nice uh, APA ready to go. Um, and, Mark, you were pretty close. The last beer that we have is their chocolate porter, and this one is their heavy hitter at a whopping 6.3%. All right. So, see, so you missed the glass, and you were wrong. Well, yeah, but the, <laughs> the chocolate porter is – so they always have – I think it's like the – four or, or five beers that are like traditional german styles they always have those on tap yeah the uh 
the Pilsner, the Amber, and the Hefe, I know they always have. Right. And then they always have like two or maybe three beers that are not exactly traditional German styles, this chocolate porter being one of them. So that would explain why it's a little bit stronger than the range that I threw out just now. I feel like if they if, if the uh if the Germans knew about chocolate porter, they totally would have done it. You know, which is funny considering that you you love all the other German desserts that go with chocolate, but um, you know how they get a, they get a little prickly about their beer sometimes. A little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, porter is you know definitely an English style, right. or originated in England is not a traditional German variety whatsoever. But uh, this chocolate porter is quite nice. It's dark. It doesn't have any roast barley in there. I can tell because the what little head there is on it is not tan in color it is in fact you know typical pale foam color yeah it's uh it's um probably mouthfeel definitely a you know a little lighter in mouthfeel than um other pores i've had but it's uh it's good it's also maybe it's just me is it a little bit more uh carbonated than uh your average chocolate pour uh i don't know that i would agree with that i think it's a little bit more carbonated than that wheat beer that we just had Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think I, we may have just got a better seal on that growler. Um, but none of their beers are extremely carbonated. Even their Pilsner isn't uh, very carbonated. But um, taking a sip of this one, it's nice. It's, um, you know, sometimes you start drink, we start we drink a lot of the chocolate porters and chocolate stouts and stuff like that, and they kind of get to be a heavy beer. And this one is almost like a uh, a light version of them. You know, it doesn't sit, it doesn't sit heavy on the tongue. It doesn't sit heavy... You know, in the stomach, it's uh, yeah. It's but you get that flavor profile that you like. It's definitely fairly light-bodied for the style, and uh, you know, maybe the slightly higher alcohol content helps with that. But it's quite nice. It's not a super sweet chocolate taste, but you definitely get some chocolate in there uh, without any roastiness. Because again, you know, ju- judging by the the head on this, there's no roast barley in there that's adding roast character. So that roast flavors coming from the chocolate itself yeah i mean the uh it's interesting because you know when you tell especially you know mentioning before how fat i am when you tell me something's chocolate before i started drinking a lot of chocolate porters and and, and stouts that had the word chocolate in them i always assumed there was actual chocolate in there somehow and now that i know the chocolate malt exists obviously the chocolate flavor you're going to get is not going to be it's not not supposed to be a desserty beer and i think sometimes they they try to gear it more towards that angle and this this one straddles the roastiness and the sweetness very well yeah i mean they 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 could very well add cacao nibs or you know cocoa powder into this beer but it's definitely it's not uh they're not going from milk chocolate at all is what i'm trying to get at no i know and that's and that for me when i first started drinking beers it said chocolate because i only really like milk chocolate like to me cacao is not chocolate like that's cacao and people who eat that are masochistic <laughs> no, it's, it's delicious I don't it is delicious and i eat it now like, but uh, you know, you see the light because I do or see the light. But the my, <laughs> my, you know, as a as a you know kid at heart, and fat, especially a very fat kid at heart, I want everything to taste like milk chocolate when I see chocolate. So, it it I'm glad it doesn't because that would be a weird taste for a beer. Yeah, yeah, that would be weird. I agree that milk chocolate would not be the right flavor for beer. Uh, but this is the this is the winner for me out of this out of this set. Um, I think I had a pint of this when we were out. Uh, for dinner um, I had a couple of the amber as well but the uh, 
you know, I'm going to go out and say that this one's a bomber for me. Um, I like it better. It's little light. It's lighter body for a chocolate porter, so you can keep drinking it. And I'm really happy with this. I think it has a. They found that nice balance of flavor to it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good. I'm going to stick with a pint, though. Uh, I'm. I don't. I don't want more than one of these. I would much rather have a couple of the pilsners than the the chocolate porter. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, a pint also. Um, just. You know, picking back on what you said earlier, I know you didn't get the amber, but of the ones I've had from them, the amber was definitely my my favorite um, of their beers. And um, there was actually one on there that I didn't see until until we left. And I actually, in hindsight, I think it was the uh, the Nuski Nuskegee wheat. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's from Milwaukee. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's the C. It's uh, it's something. What, how the hell do they spell this? Let's see on the board here. It's a N U S S I G E S. Maybe it is the CGs. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna be able to solve that mystery today. Oh. We're gonna have to contact Scooby Doo for that one. <laughs> I every time I ask them, they just went, they just called it the Nussy Wheat. The so perfect. I, I don't understand what it is, but, but oddly um, enough, that's the one that I saw on, on the on the list that I didn't get. That I was like, oh man, I wish I would have gotten that. Right. So you know, like, no, careful what you wish for, kids. Yeah. Um. I mean, all in all, the monkey's I th- paw. <laughs> up all in all i think it kind of uh i I think we can say that the food's good the beer is good it's got a nice atmosphere there it's definitely family friendly um i know friday nights they do the dueling pianos which is always an entertaining thing and all in all it's a great spot for dinner you know it definitely is but if you're planning to make the trip out there i would recommend you call ahead before you take the trek just to make sure that well, aside from that, just to make sure that uh, it isn't closed for a private party, because that does happen fairly often there. Yeah, I know. I know they do have. They have. Uh, they have the the dining room is fairly small, and they have one little room where they can do like a party of like twelve or fifteen or so. And but the dining room itself is not very big, so if they close that, then the wait could be forever. Yeah, it's also pretty neat. It's got um like the the, the mash tons and stuff are out there, and it's got it's got a little bit of a brick house feel over there. So if you can sit in tables over there, especially when um when they're brewing, it's really neat. Also, the you know while they're brewing, the smell um is usually pretty amazing. So. Yeah, we happen to be we happen to be there on a uh, was it a brew day or was it just a transfer day? It was a transfer day, but because he had the he had it open and he was whirlpooling and everything, you definitely got a lot of the aroma. Yeah, there was a lot of hop aroma in the whole building when we walked in. So all in all, guys, go check out Black Forest Brew House. Again, it's at uh, Farmingdale. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Almost just, had it. <laughs> I hope you planned that. Otherwise, no, no. Oh, man, no I, I can did. see his face. And his look of horror as he... As no, he... I'm like, son of a bitch, I did it. It's at Farmingdale, and uh, go check it out, and uh, let us know what you think. So, guys, before we wrap up, is uh, is there any news on the uh, chili blueberry concoction creation thing that you guys have been working on? Yeah, Justin helped me bottle it yesterday. We... Uh... It actually ended up needing significantly less of the second blender beer to balance the acidity in the blueberry base than I thought was going to be necessary. All right, so that I'm um, I'm hearing that there's extra beer floating around. That there is extra beer, and it's probably going to end up going in my barrel once I drain the wine from it. Okay, but uh, yeah, what we, kind of wine do you have in the barrel right now? Uh, there is some cheap rosé, and which I then topped off to you know finish filling up the headspace with the uh, pear and pineapple pinot. As long as it's not made. Merlot, I'm not drinking fucking Merlot. <laughs> no, no, I would not. I would not. Uh, so yeah, 
Uh, we probably had like three gallons of the blender beer left over. How big is that barrel? It's a gallon barrel, right? No, I, uh, it, it's, I forget how many liters, but it's like three and a half gallons, I think. Oh, okay. Well, wow, that didn't, didn't look that it big. It doesn't at all. look like it, no, but yeah, it, it sneaky barrel yeah. size. Uh, okay, so, um, so, uh, you guys added the chili, uh, you guys added the chilies to it, right? Yeah, chili, uh, chilies, and um, the, the obviously we had to blend it with the the blender beer beforehand. Now you made the uh, what was it? What do we call it? The uh, extraction, extraction, tinctures. tinctures, tinctures. That's always fun. Um, you guys always sa- it always starts to get like alchemy sounding when we get decoctions and tinctures and and all, all these other kind of fun phrases in there with it. So what? Um, which one did you end up using? Well, we dumped all of the ancho in there because uh, you know anchos are not aggressive by any means they no they're more of a they're like a good background flavor okay i would say now that we did a uh a shotgun episode with um from great south bay that one had the ancho in it right yeah i believe that was their uh their voodoo juice that one's with an ancho and yeah it really wasn't that powerful no i mean anchos don't give you a lot of heat and they're mostly they mostly give you like stone fruit character almost like okay. raisiny sort of uh taste and so, I mean, I I don't volumes. I, I don't know what it was. But no. Whatever's it was all that what, was, that whatever 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 vodka that had been soaking in anchos for the past I don't know six months or whatever it is now. Uh, that all went into the beer, and then we used uh, two tablespoons and two teaspoons of the habanero tincture to add the background heat to it. Okay. That sounds like a good cost. I'm very looking forward to uh, tasting this probably, I would say, no less than three weeks from now. So is it bottled up now? It's all bottled up. Uh, Being that it's a sour beer, I'm expecting it to take longer to condition in the bottle and reach proper carbonation level. So I'm still 99% sure we're going to end up opening a 12-ounce bottle of it next week with uh, your birthday. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we will, too. But well, you got to get a progress I, report. It's important. Yeah, I, I don't expect to really find any carbonation in it at that point. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty damn tasty while we were drinking it yesterday with no carbonation in it whatsoever. I was going to say, you know, of the, the two beers that I've made so far, I, I kind of didn't even like them before they had carbonation, especially the Raspberry Wit. I hated that beer without carbonation. I was d- scared. After, it, car- it, after it carbonated, it did taste a lot better. Yeah, it definitely did. But this one, I actually told Mark, I forgot while we were tasting it that it right. wasn't carbonated. Not because there was any level of carbonation in it, but just how much I was liking it while it wasn't carbonated. I um, Yeah, and I think partly that's just because, you know, it's a sour beer, so it's, you know, much more akin to wine so that, you know, you can have that level of enjoyment from it even though it's not fizzy so what about a uh, what about are we naming this uh this uh creation or is it just going to be this is sour blueberry chili beer now we're we're working on names my wife suggested uh burning beauregard as a reference to uh violet from Willy wonka violet you're turning violet violet exactly <laughs> uh but any listeners out there, if you've got a, a better suggestion, please send it in. You know, uh, leave us a comment on Instagram, tweet at us, you know, post on our Facebook wall, or send us a good old fashioned email. And uh, if you come up with something really good, maybe we'll see about getting you some. Yeah, I think we can do that, especially considering uh, we did, I think, the coolest thing that's ever been done. And we're definitely not the only ones to do it. But in my head, we definitely are. Uh, we bottled a magnum 
of of this, <laughs> and uh, we had one of the leftover uh, bo- from, uh, anchor bottles. Anchor celebration, yeah. From our uh, our annual uh, Christmas Eve taco uh, Christmas, night. Yeah, or now we have I think we have to call it semi annual now, thanks to your daughter. But it's uh, <laughs> uh, we missed that one year. Boo. Well, I yeah, I mean, it wasn't hosted at my house, but my in-laws were kind enough to bring us tacos in the hospital, so. That's true. They're so, good people. The string is intact. We just weren't present for all of them. All right. You know what? I, I stand corrected. So it is our is the annual taco celebration, so I think we're going to hold over this uh, now uh, magnum of uh, sour beer and uh, for, for that for that day. Yes, and it will be opened, and it will be enjoyed, and the, there will be much rejoice. And the, we're, But you know what that means, right? We're going to have to make sure that we plan to brew another amazing sour beer to put back in that magnum for the following year's taco. I think we can work on that. Yeah, I think I don't think I have to twist your arm. I, I might. We'll see how this year goes. Uh, maybe I can be more uh, prolific. I, I was going to say, like, I don't know, like forward, not forward thinking, but like actionable. I, Proactive. As far as, yes, as far as collecting the mulberries as uh, as they come down in my yard instead of leaving them sitting on the tarp until it rains and then it getting all disgusting and being like all right i'm not using any of this and just dumping it but we are but we are putting some frozen mulberries along with going in the barrel for that other one are we or no uh no it's just gonna be the barrel no, oh, okay i'm not at the point where i want to deal with trying to extract fruit from the barrel the mulberry, <laughs> the mulberry uh tree bush shrubbery thing is on your neighbor's um, like lot, right? Maybe you can just talk to him and see if you can just set it up right underneath the tree. That's basically what I'm doing because it grows over my yard. But so like I so what I've done previously is I suspend a tarp from some you know cheap wire fence fence posts. Yeah, I've... but uh, there were a few rainstorms that went through this past season that uh, you know collected in the tarp as well as the berries and I, after that happened i was like all right i'm not using these we're gonna have you know you gotta you gotta use some mosquito netting that way the water can drain out and you still collect everything that's not a bad idea genius oh. with a capital j right there there we go so Although i'm not sure if that's durable enough not to tear we could just you know buy a giant one and like quadruple it up yeah, I mean, it's not like we're trying actually. To cover I was going to whole- say, like, I should contact the brew bag people and see, like, what's the <laughs> largest peg that they'll make. Well, they do it for like the the uh, the ten gallon uh, Gatorade thing. So I mean, that's probably that's pretty big. Well, I know they make them for like you know the camping coolers too, but I'm not sure what the max size is on it. Hmm. We, but, we we can figure it out. But that, that but I think we definitely need to go well. with a uh, a system that can strain out the water. There's no reason to lose stolen mulberries just to water. They're no, not need, stolen. They're no, falling on my property. Procured. Yes. Thank you. I was just going to get to that. Foraged. <laughs> Foraged blueberries. Well, mulberries. Sorry. Hunter. We could just call us Hunter Gatherer Brewing. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, anybody got anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, right. No, actually, there is one oh. other thing. But we, wait, there's more. Yes. So. If you call uh, now. <laughs> we are now available on Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, I know we have not mentioned this previously, but. For people like our friend Taylor, you can now listen to the podcast. Hi, Taylor. Hopefully you're finally listening. He's so good friends with us that he, when he found out we weren't on Stitcher, he was like, nah, nah just, I'm not going to do anything extra. <laughs> so well, now even he can listen. So tell right. your friends if they're Stitcher de- devotees, you be like, look, 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 they're on Stitcher now. You can listen. I've been telling you this is a great thing that you're supposed to be listening to. So now you have no excuse. 
Agreed. Agreed. Spread the love, gang. All right. And let us know what you think about any of the beers that you try. And send us in any suggestions you have to name this blueberry chili beer. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com. On Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage. And Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow. Or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and cheers for local beers.